Hey guys, Amber here. I can't believe we are already bringing you the third podcast and even more, we are getting ready to host the fourth. We do have our schedule for upcoming dates on our website, so check the episode notes for links. Today, we are going to talk to Sarah Parker. We live in the South. People here have two names. It's totally normal. And oh my gosh, you can't help but love this girl. It's the kind of love like the way you love a roller coaster, white knuckled all the way, but you love it. Never quite sure what's about to pop out of her mouth, which is fantastic till you hit record and then you have to wait and watch and see what happens. I love it though. She nails it. A little background on her. Sarah Parker is about to turn 30. She's single. She is loads of fun, but she sees herself as unlovable. She is tall and broad-shouldered and beautiful, but was always surrounded by petite girls and was incredibly insecure about her appearance. She's held a lot of different jobs in her 20s and is the most loyal of loyal friends that you'll ever have. You cannot prepare yourself enough for the way she rides on life. Sarah Parker is interviewed by her friend Megan. We are going to tune into the middle of their conversation. So here is Sarah Parker. If you if you if you've under, if you firstly understood grace and you're struggling with feeling unlovable, what does this fully content self that you're searching? What does that look like to you? Yeah, um, I have a really hard time comparing myself to other women. Like I feel like as women we compare, and I've compared myself to almost every person that I love, which is kind of stupid because I'm me and and, and they're them, but. To me, being content is not looking at your walk or not looking at my mother's walk or not looking at my sister-in-law's walk. But what do you mean by walk? With the Lord. When I say walk, I mean, thanks, that's a good question. Because um, <laughs> I don't finish a thought. Because I have ADD, which is <laughs> a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so when I say walk, I mean walk with the Lord. So like daily walking with Jesus, like I cannot compare that to anybody else. Like, I, could, I need to keep my eyes down in the Word of God and my, my eyes ahead mm-hmm. and not look to my right or to my left and not compare and know that, like, I'm chosen and I'm loved. And Paul talks about contentment. Like, he, he's like, I know what it's like to need and I know what it's like to be elevated. And contentment is an emotion, so you can choose to be content in any situation. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that contentment is an emotion, like, um, you, you choose that. Like, I can choose to be happy, you know. So choosing contentment in any area of my life is, is, is what I want. And it's not, it's a daily thing. You know, you don't wake up every morning and you're like, I'm content. And, <laughs> you know, so, like, I literally have to be like, Lord, I need you to meet me. In whatever mess I'm dealing with today, and I want to choose contentment. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice for you. It is a minute by minute choice, mm-hmm. if I'm being completely honest. I know that you've walked a journey, you know, for almost 30 years. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you've been a victim of circumstance? Mm. Absolutely. I chose the victim card a lot in my early 20s and um, I realized uh, uh, the first woe is me, woe is Sarah Parker moment was when my glorious younger brother happened to get <laughs> married before me. And I was just, 
I mean, selfishly, I was devastated. I mean, I love my sister-in-law. Everyone's like, do you like Katie? I'm like, nope. I love her. I mean, she couldn't fit more perfectly into our family. So that's not that I don't love her. I just was bitter and jealous that Richard Mounts got to get married before me. Mm -hmm. And so the victim card really started elevating itself more when Richard in Richard's wedding season. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there something you wish you've done differently um, during that? Yeah. Or hindsight, like everyone always says, like, what would you tell your, you know, 18 year old self now? What would you tell that Sarah Parker now that you know? Like, what would you tell her differently? I wish I could have identified playing the victim card. Like, I don't think I was wise enough to know what that was. I just was in my own sin and my own misery. So I'm going to wallow here as long as I can because I'm pushing 200 pounds and my younger brother's getting married. Mm -hmm. And instead of like, I mean, I I rallied, like I can rally like a champ. So like, I mean, I had a ball at the wedding, you know, like, I mean, I'm up. What what do you mean by rally? Like, I I can, I mean, I can just be like, my mom's always like, you need to be an Academy Award winning actress. And I'm like, I can do that, you know? (laughs) So So for you, rallying means putting on a show. Maybe. It means means on the outside, not looking like I'm going to kill somebody. So putting on a show. Yeah, I guess you could. (laughs) Okay, so putting on a show. You feel like rallying means putting on a show. (laughs) Um. Quit laughing, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you and I, I, I sent you this the other day, yeah. we were talking about this yes. because we've, Sarah Parker and I connect, um, and we have two totally different lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a mom of four, you're single, and I think we connect because we both feel like we're, we live outside the box mm-hmm. and people view us different. We don't fit in the box, mm-hmm. the pretty little box that we're supposed to be in. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're thankful for mm-hmm. that. I am. Um, but we were talking about how God was weeding things out in us. Um, James 1, 2, 3, 4 says, um, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. And you and I both were talking about how many trials and tribulations we walk through. But in those it's easy to play the circumstance or the victim card. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a quote I sent you from Paul Tripp um, that was like just eating at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, I must confess that I am my greatest problem. And if I confess this, I am saying that I don't need to be rescued from people, locations, situations. I am in desperate need for grace to rescue me mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. Amen. So what does that mean for you? Gah. (laughs) Um, My first instinct to, like, when something happens to me, um, it's anger and bitterness. And a lot's happened to me. So you would think that I would not turn to that immediately. Mm -hmm. But the Lord is patient and teaching me amazing things. But I will lash out and I'll do something like super dramatic or I'll, you know, God, oh, oh yes, I I am dramatic. Um, You know, and I'm like, I can be bitter and I can be angry and like my tongue can wound. And 
like John Piper says, he's like, you've got to mortify sin. You literally have to kill it. And like, I have to kill my words sometimes. And I have to kill my knee-jerk reaction to literally get even with somebody. Because I've had this defense mechanism up for so long because I have felt judged by a lot of people that I will just cut you and it's, it's gnarly. And I know that about myself. And my, unfortunately, my mom gets a lot of it because I live with my parents. <laughs> I'm almost 30 and live with my parents. <laughs> Which you know, is it's hilarious. Okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'll switch with you. I'll go live with Mama Mount so yeah. we can, you can come live at my house with four kids. <laughs> so, unfortunately, switch. my family, my fa- y'all, I know, it's so funny. Um, my family, my mother gets the wrath of that a lot. And so, because, you know, our, our family and people closest to us expose our greatest sin. And I take it out on her a lot. But... Yeah, I mean, my words, and um, I get jealous, mm-hmm. and I play the victim. Mm-hmm. So how does God meet you there? It's so hard to explain because he, like, I, keep, I listened to the Chris Tomlin song on the way over here. You're a good, good father, and that's, father, and that's who you are. I mean, he's just good. No matter what I feel, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, I'm sorry. Oh, I brought tissues. (laughs) Napkins. (laughs) You know, like he is, he's the, Psalm 33, he is the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. So a lot of it is just, and I mean, what Russell Moore said today at church, you know, like, we are not to be this radical, harsh Christian. We are to be loving and kind. And for me, a lot of that manifests itself in, in, in my delivery. And I will just deliver in a horrible way. And so he is teaching me meekness, which is not... Being, there's nothing wrong with meekness, and he's teaching me. Um, Which hey, meekness is actually strength under control. Amen. It's not weakness. Yeah. yeah. And um, he, I'm taming my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and can we ask Mama Mounts if you're taming your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> I can see you back there. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Like, you asked me how the Lord meets me there. He lifts my head. Mm-hmm. He calls me his. And, um, I, you know, I'm like, some days I'm like, I just don't know how I'm going to get up. And Mama Mouse and I have become smart because instead of getting white sheets now where my, where my black mascara is, <laughs> we have navy blue sheets. So you can't see the mascara, which is... We're learning. Um, but yeah, like there are days where I'm like, I cannot get out of bed. And he's the lifter in my head. Amen. 
Would you say, since we're talking about mama mounts, poor mama mounts. Poor mama she can, mounts. Mama mounts, you can hide under the chair anytime yeah. you want. Yeah. Listen, my mom didn't even show up. So at least she showed up. Elisa <laughs> <laughs> didn't show up. <laughs> She's hiding at home. Um, would you say that there is a generational expectation that's played part in your discontent? Yeah, I'm, I'm not married. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I, we could, go on for days about this, but um, I'm, I'm taming my tongue. Give me a second. I just, I feel like, and, and Mama Mounts and I have been super honest with this, so I don't feel like I'm like airing any dirty laundry, but the Mounts household struggles with pride. Like, we think we know best. and it's Like every woman. Right, right. right. Okay. So, you know, I know from... For the older generations, marriage is, I mean, I think as a society in in the Christian world, marriage would be the end goal. Some could interpret marriage to be the end goal. And it's not. You know, it's our walk with the Lord and our our refinement and our sanctification is what the end goal is until we meet our Savior. So, um. Pride has been a real big thing for us. And I know my mother, when she wants marriage for me, it's a good thing. I mean, marriage is a wonderful thing. I said I wasn't going to cry. But it's just not the end goal. And I'm just not like, I'm not going to sit here waiting with my fingers crossed for a man. I I refuse to live like that. Like I can serve. I mean, I can teach four-year-olds, like, God bless Annabeth, because I'm her teacher, and <laughs> you might not want to be in my Sunday school class, but um, <laughs> we have a little fun. Um, it's just, you know, I think the church and singles ministry and people don't know what to do with 30-year-old not-yet-married people. And I'm just not going to... Amen! <laughs> Thank you. They don't. Because, you know, we're in this awkward stage, like, do we set you up with somebody? Do we not set you up with somebody? And I'm going to rip his head off if he doesn't, you know, like, I just, I don't want to be set up to be set up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know my mother's want for, for marriage is good, and her intent is good. So I've had to really, like, refine that and not sit here and wait for a man. Because, A, I'm not defined by a man. I'm defined by Jesus. Do you feel like you put the pressure on yourself? I mean, I think I did for a long time. I mean, my two best friends um, are married and they're young. They got married young. And um, Katie and Richard got married young. And that is their walk. So when we talk about comparison, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I can't compare myself to Kaki and I can't compare myself to Lindsay and I can't compare myself to Katie. Because the Lord chose them a husband. And, he, and all three of them have amazing men as husbands. Mm-hmm. And that just might not be in the cards for me. And I'm okay with that. And I think that women in the older generations need to, if you have a daughter, like my only advice would be not to, you know, put that pressure on her. Like Mama Mounts has done such a good job of, like we talk through this. I'm like, Mom, like are you going to be, okay if I'm 40 and living at home. Just kidding. (laughs) I really am kidding. (laughs) You know, like, 
I just, like, we can do such a better job of encouraging single women and men in the church. Like, it's just not the end goal. And this quote, I, like, had it on my screensaver for such a long time. It says, if singleness is what God has for me today, that is his goodness for me today. And I'm not missing out on anything. And so, like, I just rest in that. And, it, and let me tell you something. I'm almost 30, and it's taken me almost 30 years to get there. So, like, I hear you. I hear you, women. Like, if you are, I, I hear you. Like, if you're single, come talk to me. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> I have stories for days where you're going to be like, I want to stay single. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some of them come for me. <laughs> no. oh, She's man. the reason I want to stay single. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, in these years of, un- of struggle and uncertainty, what part do you think you played in your hurt? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about how I remained a victim and yeah. I, and you know, when you get in that victim mentality and you think the world revolves around you, um, you start doing things that aren't just smart. You know, like I chose to be around people that I shouldn't have been around and I've chosen to do things that probably weren't the wisest things to do because I deserve to eat this entire box of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> because I feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can date this guy. I mean, I really never, I mean, I have, but, you know, I can be around these men who only see me for my body and not my heart. And that's okay because I'm a victim. I deserve it. I deserve to be around men. Mm-hmm. So in, in that, where does God have to meet you every day in these struggles? Where, is God, where does he have to meet you every day? That's a tough question because it's like an ongoing thing, you know. You don't think about how Jesus meets you every day. But, like, I do think, like, this is really funny, and I can't believe I'm about to admit this, but I do think the Lord has protected me in that I have lived with my parents. Now, I haven't been with them for 10 years. Like, I've, if, I've been in and out. Like, I'm not a complete failure. But, like, I've lived with, a, I've had roommates, I promise, that were not my parents. But I really do think that he has, like, that has been a huge protection for me. Because it is so easy when you're not under accountability to do the things that hurt you the most. Do you feel like it's hard to find accountability at 30 being single? Do you feel like it's hard to find friends and accountability being single at your stage? Yeah, absolutely. Like, my two best friends don't live here. And, like, I've seen their walks grow tremendously the last, I don't know, I mean, we've been friends for almost 10 years. So I would say, like, they... Um, and they're younger than me, so they have really spurred me on. But in Columbia, South Carolina, I do not have um, a group of like-minded single women. Now, I will say, CBS Bible Study has really filled filled that void. And like a lot of times, I can't go to things because I'm working and or doing something. But the Lord has sweetly um, shown me that there are women who are like me and they might be younger than me, but that doesn't mean that they don't feel the same way I feel. And age is just a number. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> but I just, a lot of things are being revealed to me as the scales fall off my eyes and as I've stepped out of that victim men- mentality mm-hmm. and like been like, okay, God, let's do this. Like, I, re- I mean, I rest it, I rest in my singleness. Mm-hmm. And if he brings me a husband, great. If he doesn't, great. You know, like, I'm just not going to sit around and wait on a man. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like for struggling to find that accountability in that friend group, do you feel like it has hindered your your walk with the Lord for a season? Yeah, I mean, when I am, like I've talked about, when I get most hurt, I run to people. And so a lot of times I would run to non-believing people because when we're hurt, we want to feel validated and my feelings are validated and the world will validate you but it will not sustain you and so I got validation here and there here and there here and there and then I realized this really isn't that great and so I would my my prayer now is to not run to any friend at all it's run straight to what the Bible says and the truth that are, that's on, the, on these pages. Mm-hmm. So God's grace allowed you to run to those friends, and in his mercy, he met you in oh, spite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like and when I'm running all over the place, mm-hmm. he's like, come back. Mm-hmm. Like he draws us out to draw us in. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I was in the wilderness, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, come back, come back. And it's through certain people. I mean, I think you and George have such, like, y'all have such a special place in my heart because y'all, at the time of my life last year when I was going through a lot of crap, you were there. And, like, I've never really had, like, a, a person to just speak other than my mom's best friends who, praise the Lord, love me like their own daughter but I've never had someone come in and be like, this is what the Bible says about you. And like rebuke Satan. You know, and like, I'm, I'm so thankful for you. Well, that's really sweet. <laughs> I can be sweet. You brought me to <laughs> You can. <laughs> um, well, when you feel most lost and alone, um, which, gosh, doesn't, isn't isolation the worst? Ugh. That's where I, Satan I wants this, you. Yeah, and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Like, isolation is the place the enemy wants you. He wants you alone, isolated in your own thoughts. So when you're alone and you're isolated, what lies are you tempted to believe? Yeah, so I wasn't alone when I thought about this yesterday. But this is, y'all, Satan is really crafty. And, like, recognizing spiritual warfare and recognizing that it is, it is Satan is a, was a huge thing for me. So we went to a beautiful wedding yesterday and it was outside and it was, I mean, the weather was beautiful. And I, my mom and I um, were the only two to sit down because Richard and the baby, my dad were sitting back and the wedding, the wedding started and everyone was pro, um, processional. Is that the right word? And you've been in like 20, uh, <laughs> 27 dresses was about me. Um, <laughs> and it, I have had a ball at every single one of them. Um, and it, it's like time stood still and the Satan came in and he said, 
you're a failure. And I'm like, what? We're at a wedding. I'm not even married. <laughs> and he was like, you are never going to be able to give your mom this. And I kept telling her, there's pollen in my eye, but it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't pollen. It was Satan. (laughs) Up in your eye. In my eye. That that manifested itself as pollen. (laughs) But y'all, like, he's so good. I mean, he's a liar. He's a liar. And Russell Moore said, you know, today, and, and I've learned to combat that. I've learned to combat spiritual warfare. And I've learned, if we speak the name of Jesus, demons flee. Like, if we walked like that every day, can you imagine the freedom women would walk in? I mean, you speak the name of Jesus, gone. And, like, you asked me what I do, and I'm, I wasn't alone when he came on full force at a wedding. And I just, you know, I, I just, when I don't know what to pray, I, I, I call out the, the names of God that are my favorite, Yahweh, mm-hmm. Adonai, mm-hmm. and Jehovah, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So how did God meet you there? I had a ball at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this a pretend ball? Like, were you putting on a show? Uh, I or just, was this you know, a legitimate I, ball? You know, he, he's so good because... Again, like, I'm going to choose to be content. And, and the ceremony went on, and, and the pollen was in my eye. And I just looked over at my mom and smiled. Because I know that's not what she believes. And she's been so gracious the past months. Yeah, I'm the lot to put up with. And she has put up with me. You know, and, like, I think the Lord's, like, redeemed a lot in our relationship. Because there's been a lot of hurt, a lot of pride. A lot of what she thinks is best and what I think is best. What hair color is best. <laughs> My blonde hair. And, you know, like he just, he, he redeems. Like he's the redeemer. And he redeems all broken things. And so, yeah, I mean, I just was like, get behind me, Satan. And pollen. And <laughs> had a great time at that wedding. So what does it mean to you to say then? If, if in that moment you're calling out the name Jesus, what does it mean to you to say Jesus is enough? It's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus plus being skinny. And it's not Jesus plus a man. And it's not Jesus plus friends. Jesus is enough. Amen. That's right. That's right. So how can you live that every day? Uh, With a lot of prayer. <laughs> and you know like people come up to me and be like you're so strong and I'm like oh no I'm not like I'm a weeper you know when Jude Law in, in the holiday when he's like I'm a weeper I weep like that's me right now <laughs> like I'm sure there are tears down my boots <laughs> and I said I want to go cry I mean, like, I think tears are, like, such, I mean, I cry happy tears, and I cry, you know, and I weep. Amy, quit laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So who has been a part of your life to encourage your walk Mm. with Christ, and how have they helped you? Yeah, so, uh, like I said, my mom's sisters and my, her, her friends have really poured into me when I, like, haven't, 
had a lot in Columbia. And like I've been through phases in my life where I really had not a lot of friends and then I would have a lot of friends and, and most of these being non-believing friends. And so like they've just always been there to spur me on. And I think it's so important, girls, like if you're in your 20s, to find a woman who you trust completely and ask her to mentor you because that... Or 30s. Or 30s. Um, women spurring on other women is how Jesus is going to shine in this generation. Because Satan wants us pit against each other and comparing ourselves and not loving women. And I'm not a feminist by any means, but we have got to stop tearing each other down. So how can I encourage you? Just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And let me have your kids every now and then. (laughs) I will give you my kids. (laughs) One last question. So what would, I'm going to call you 30 girl. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Owning it. What would the 30 year old Sarah Parker Mounts tell Mm. the 21 year old Sarah Parker Mounts? Yeah. Um, Rest in Christ. Like rest. And we put Jesus in a box, you know. We put him in, we think, okay, I'm going to put you in this little box, and it's going to be so pretty, and you're going to do exactly what I want you to do. And that's just not how he operates. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a genie in a bottle. And I think every pain, every death, every heartache in my 20s, and even in high school, that I have experienced have been woven together to prepare me for what lies next. If that's marriage, great. If it's not, great. Like, he is enough. And I don't need to look to anybody else but my precious Savior. And we're about to sing it as well. And I requested that song (laughs) because I have it tattooed on my arm. And sorry, Mama Mounts, sorry. But like, who, who, (laughs) who am I to have this thing on my arm if I can't walk it? And like, I can talk a talk, but you know, like, I'm gonna mortify these these sins of bitterness and anger, and and it's well, it is well, like. That's it, you know? Like, he's, he's the best. It is, he is the best choice every day I can make to follow him. There is nothing else in this world that could ever compare to Christ. And if I'm sounding like a crazy person, and you're like, what is she talking about? I want you to know, there's people, they're in the well shirts. I'm, I'm doing an altar call. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Bring him down and send him over. <laughs> like, if you have any question about who this guy is or, or what is she talking about, there are people here who will talk to you and who want you to come to know the surpassing goodness that is following Jesus. That's right. And after this, they will be over there. If you want to talk to somebody, if you want to pray with somebody, um, one last thing. You are lovable. I think we can all say that. And thanks, Sarah Parker. Oh my gosh, I love her. She did her own altar call. 
Let me tell you, she is right too. Who needs that? Do you have the need to ask someone what she is talking about? Let me encourage you and let me just say you do not want to ignore that. If you have a friend to ask, hit her up. If you want to talk to someone here, email us, women at shandon.org. Go find a new friend at a church or Bible study. Walk up to a woman you respect and just say you need a mentor. Give yourself an opportunity to open up to someone and let the grace of Jesus start in your life. Come back next time. We've got more.